welcome to all of you this evening. And I, there's a good-sized crew downstairs that we're missing. And um, but thank you. If you're watching us online. We welcome you as a part of this service tonight. We were initially, this was not expected to happen this way this week, but once we got into the scope of what was happening, we realized downstairs was just not feasible to use. So tonight is a, it's a bonus evening for me to have a chance to minister to all of you. And so I, I'm going to spend one more evening. I was going to get in the studio and probably try to do this, but the Lord has provided this opportunity, and I want to. I'm going to spend one more evening on the topic of the will of God. And uh, if you've missed these sessions, I, I I don't like to promote what I've done. I just that's odd to me. But nevertheless. Uh, I, I want to encourage you because I, hopefully if you've been a part of these, you can attest to the fact that maybe you have a different perspective on some things about the will of God and maybe a, a better understanding of the importance of the will of God. And so if you've missed any of these sessions, you can get them online. In fact, I uh, communicated with, with Brother Jalen today. And uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks or so, uh, the series will be added on the app under the teaching series that we have already on there. And so you can easily access them there. Amen. Why don't you stand and um, for the first couple of uh, verses, if you, if you weren't, which I'm assuming many of you weren't able to because of work, but uh, Bishop kind of did what Bishop does Thursday morning at Apostolic Conference, and people started to stand. And so I said, "Well, if you're going to stand for this, then stand every time I read." And it's kind of funny. There was one gentleman that took the challenge, except after the first time Bishop read, he never stood back up. So anyway, if you could switch. The iPad on, assuming I have done everything correctly, which is up. Oh, we did it tonight. Amen. John chapter 6, we're going to begin reading with verse 38. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven. This is, this is Jesus speaking. I came down from heaven not to do mine own will but the will of him that sent me. Well, see, there you go. You got the Father, you got the Son, two parts of the Trinity. Yes, except is not one of the fundamental things a part of the Trinity that they are co-equal. Is that correct? Not saying do you believe the Trinity. I'm, y'all are all like, isn't that what they say? They're co-equal. Well, the moment one person sends another person you're no longer co-equal because you've got to be a superior to have the authority to send someone not here to teach about the Godhead tonight but just just throwing that in there but the will of him that sent me and this is the father's will 
which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Father, thank you for another opportunity to join together, Lord, in this world we're in and things that are going on, things that are going on in Afghanistan right now. We should never take it lightly, this opportunity to freely gather together for the purpose of worship and ministry and prayer. So thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. God, we want to we wanna grow in you. We want to develop in you. So let your word and spirit minister this evening. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Message Bible says those verses this way. I came down from heaven not to follow my own whim, but to accomplish the will of the one who sent me. This, in a nutshell, is that will that everything banded over, handed over to me. Once again, my font is too small. Everything handed over to me by the Father be completed. Not a single detail missed. And at the wrap-up of time, I have everything and everyone put together upright and whole. This is what my Father wants, that anyone who sees the Son and trusts who He is and what He does and then aligns with Him will enter real life, eternal life. My part is to put them on their feet alive, a whole and whole, at the completion of time. I, Jesus, Jesus says, I came down from heaven for this purpose, to do the will of him that sent me. You know, I've touched on something along the lines in various ways of what I'm about to say, but I continue to be disturbed, concerned, maybe a couple other different words could be used as well, but, but this... This, this mindset, that and it's probably not new, Scripture says there's nothing new under the sun, but this mindset that treats Christianity, that treats living for God, that, that treats being a believer as just such a casual, easygoing, God's, God's chill about everything, attitude is it's not good i believe with all of my heart in in a personal relationship with jesus christ that every person has an the the right the access to a personal intimate relationship with jesus christ but that doesn't make him my homie that doesn't make him my buddy. We just, we're hanging out, you know, me and Jesus. We, 
We, we, the, the Bible says the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't have a fear of the Lord, how can you have wisdom? And yet to me, the message we hear so much today is you shouldn't have a fear of the Lord. And we know if you really understand that term, you understand that's not fear in the sense of terror or being afraid of. It's fear in the sense of reverence, all respect. It's, it's fear in the sense of a, in a healthy situation, what a child feels when they get the look from a parent. That, that when, when my dad looked at me, I was misbehaving. He looked at me, I feared him. I wasn't a I wasn't afraid of him. I didn't think he was going to hurt me or abuse me, but there was a respect and there is a need for a respect in a jealous God. Does he love us? Absolutely. Is he patient and kind and merciful? You better believe it. We wouldn't be here without it. But that doesn't mean we approach him with this attitude of anything goes. And doing the will of God. I, I don't know if you've gotten it from the, 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 the weeks that we've talked about this, but I'm just going to tell you, for me, I, I have a whole new perspective on the importance of the will of God in my life because as I've touched on already, for, for I would say most of my life, when I think of the will of God, I would think of it in the context of big, major decisions. I've said it. Uh, we were just, I was, I was, um, oh, we, the staff, uh, we went to breakfast um, Tuesday morning at Double T, and uh, Brother McGurk was sharing a little bit of some of the stuff from their trip, and, and they had a couple of different question and answer sessions, and somebody was kind of, uh, something was actually said, I think they were asking about the will of God, how do you know the will of God, and Somebody at the table referenced, well, you know, anytime you ever hear that here, usually it's by single people who want to know, how do I know who's the will of God for me to marry? Is that important? Absolutely. But that is only a very small part of the will of God. As I've said numerous times now in the course of teaching on the will of God, there, there are the big decisions that you ought to seek God for His will on. But then there is a daily, moment-by-moment, step-by-step will of God. And according to the things I've read and taught you the last several weeks when we've had, not the last several weeks, the last several weeks been in classes, but you know what I mean. My salvation, my salvation is dependent upon me doing or not doing the will of God. My eternity rests upon me doing the will of God. If that's the case, then I think the will of God is just about the most important thing in your life. I'm not going to say it's the, because we probably could argue a few things here, but it's, it's at the top of the list. You individually doing the will of God is, is about your salvation. And if Jesus said, the humanity of Jesus says, I came to do the will of the one who sent me. 
He didn't come to do my own will. If Jesus couldn't get away with doing his own will, how, do you, how in the world do we think it'll be acceptable for us to do our will and God's going to approve of it? So not only does Jesus say, I, I came down from heaven. I came from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. And then, and then listen to what he says to his disciples in John 4 and verse 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. They're, they're, they're speaking physically here. Lord, you need to eat. You need to get some food. You need to take a break. You need, you need, literally, you need to stop and eat. And listen to what he responds to them and says. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore the disciples said unto him, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? You know, isn't it? We, we ought to really cut ourselves a little bit of slack. Because these guys that walked with him in the flesh, I mean, I guess Bishop, I, mean, we, we, I think we all believe Bishop takes after Jesus in a lot of ways. But I, I, I never really thought of it before, but I think Bishop got his trick questions from, there was a couple times last week he's asking questions and I'm just like, people, please, no, no, hands down. Mouths closed. Because whatever you say, it's the wrong answer. I'm just, it's the wrong answer. The chances of you saying the right answer is pretty much an impossibility. Does he have something to eat? Did somebody slip him some food? It, they didn't get it. And that's, this isn't the only place where he's talking about one thing and they're talking about something completely different. So, hey, you know, you and I are okay. We're not always getting it. <laughs> does, does he, did somebody bring him something to eat? Jesus saith unto them, listen, listen. But what's really interesting is they are talking, they're initially talking about physical food. That, I, and that, that's why they asked the question. It's not like it had been a whole spiritual discussion. They were talking about physical, Jesus, you need to eat. You need to eat some literal food. And then he responds and they don't know, you know, like the woman at the well. I've got, I, I've got some water to give you that you, well, you don't have anything to draw from. Well, ma'am, catch up. We're changing, we're changing here. I, I've got meat to eat that you do not know of. And so... On one hand, they're talking figuratively. However, Jesus responds and says this, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My food, what nourishes me, what sustains me, what, what energizes me, is to do the will of the one who sent me. I wonder how many of us tonight could, could come anywhere close to being able to say that, that my life 
my motivation, my nourishment, my strength comes from doing the will of God. Again, I know it's kind of back and forth between these literal things and, and, and these spiritual principles, but, but, but Jesus, Jesus is the one who's saying, you're talking about natural food, but it's not natural food that I'm relying on to give me strength. It's doing the will of my Father. It's doing the will of the one who sent me and finishing that's a, that's that starting to do the will of God in your life and finishing it are two different things and it's not the goal is not that at some point in time I was in the will of God but no I got to stay there I need to live there I've I've got to walk in it I've got to pursue it All the time, every day. Barnes Notes says this, Jesus here explains what he said in John 4.32. His great object, the great design of his life was to do the will of God. He came to that place weary and thirsty and at the usual time of meals probably hungry. Yet an opportunity of doing good presented itself and he forgot his fatigue and hunger and found comfort and joy in doing good in seeking to save a soul. This one great object absorbed all his powers and made him forget his weariness and the wants of nature. The mind may be so absorbed in doing the will of God as to forget all other things. Intent on this way, we may rise above fatigue and hardship and want and bear all with pleasure in seeing the work of God advance. I have esteemed, Job says, the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We may learn also that the main business of life, watch this, watch this. It, folks, we, 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 we've got to be, and a lot of you here tonight are, are, are leaders in Antioch Central. You, you, you help carry the load of ministry, and, and, and basically everybody in this room this evening, uh, with the exception of just two or three people, I think, you, you work full-time secular employment. You, you don't work at the church. That's not your livelihood. We, we've got to be careful. You know, there, there's a term, we, we, it's, I don't necessarily think it's new, but it, it seems to have crept its way more and more into the church. And, and in some ways, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say or imply that it's all bad, so hear me out. But this idea of self-care. Self-care. Self-care, if you're not careful, is really close to, close to selfish. How many of you moms have ever had to take care of your children in either the normal daily tasks of an infant or a toddler 
or you've had to take care of them in a sickness when you yourself weren't feeling well. I mean, if the only time moms ever took care of their kids was when they felt completely healthy and well to do it, kids would get abandoned. Kids would get neglected. Now, hear me. I, I, I taught this several years ago, but, but there, there, there are some times, and Jesus said at one point to the disciples, He said, we need to go aside and rest a little bit. In fact, in that place, He said, we, you've been going so much, you haven't even stopped to eat. And so he, he, they went aside into the wilderness to rest. There are some times you've got to take a pause and rest. But if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in taking care of ourselves that we actually are never really doing anything in the kingdom. I don't know, I've mentioned it a couple times lately, and here I am again. I know I don't have an axe to grind, but 1992, the year I got married, book came out called Boundaries. Where, 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 would, where would mankind be if when Jesus got to this earth, he'd have set up Boundaries. Again, I'm not saying we should let people abuse us and walk all over us and mistreat us. But at the same time, don't forget the example of the one we follow. The one we're supposed to follow. We may learn also that the main business of life is not to avoid fatigue or to seek the supply of our temporal wants, but to do the will of God. I mean, don't raise your hand. I would like to think a couple of you are here tonight because you want to be here. Absolutely. It's your choice. If you could be anywhere else in the world, you'd still be right here, right now. But let's, don't, I don't want any responses, but let's be honest. In fact, there's a chance, and I'm not trying to be unkind, I'm just being realistic. Honestly, I'm not trying to be unkind. But there's some of you that, I, I, let me rephrase that, there, there's probably not a person here tonight that an element of, of responsibility and obligation is what motivated you to be here. There's no doubt in my mind if some of you had the way of your flesh, you'd at the very least be in your most comfy chair with your feet up in the air. Probably head nodding. Although some of you may be nodding right here. I haven't seen anyone doing that, but. Others of you, you, you might already be in the bed. We're, we're not... Now, on, on the other hand, I, I also believe with all of my heart, every one of you, there is a part of you. Because you're hungry. You, you want what God has. And so there is, a, there is a part. Some of it's just a smaller part than others, but... I've had, and I don't resent it. I've had people let me know. I, I'm, I was only there because I had to be there. Well, I'm, I'm glad you were there. But if we're not careful, 
we can get so caught up in making the focus about us. I'm going to read that part again. We may learn also that the main business of life is not to avoid fatigue or to seek the supply of our temporal wants, but to do the will of God. The mere supply of our temporal necessities, though most people make it an object of their chief solicitude, is a small consideration in the sight of Him who has just views of the great design of human life. When you've, when you've got what, what Jesus, I just used it in the last week or two, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, verse 2, Jesus, for the joy that was set before Him, the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross. The cross wasn't, oh yeah, I can't wait to get... No, He endured the cross. But how was it He endured the cross? Because He had His eyes beyond the cross. The problem is, if you get focused on the cross, you're going to give up your cross. You've got to look beyond your cross at a joy that is set before you. i got to bear this cross, but I'm bearing this cross because there's some things out there that I believe in God's going to do. Some things, I don't know exactly what He's going to do. I just believe He's going to do some good things. And other things, I may have a promise or a word from God that no matter what I'm going through, that's where I'm going. My meat is to do the will. I tell you this, I don't think as a child of God, as a saint, you can ever be truly satisfied in your walk with God if you are not intentionally pursuing doing the will of God. If that's what Jesus says was His meat, how do you think you and I can get by with any less? You know who some of the most miserable people to be around are? Some of the most miserable people in the world to be around are those that are so focused on taking care of themselves. Oh, my goodness. I I was talking to Brother Tony and Brother Brad before service for a few moments. Still don't have my car back. They called me last week while I was in Mississippi to let me know that parts are on back order and I've got no time frame. They finally gave me a loaner, so that, that's helping me to feel a little bit better. But as I got done telling them the, where things were, once again, I said to them, because I want God, ultimately I want God to hear me. This may be frustrating, but there's a whole lot of things that are way worse I promise you right now, I'll take my car sitting at the dealership in Glen Burnie for six more months rather than being in Afghanistan. And we get so caught up in what we need, what I need, what I need, what I need. And I'm going to say it one more time. There are some times you've got to go aside and you've got to stop and you need to rest and you need to get some health and you need to get some strength. But that's the exception, not the rule. Right, right, 
I, I got a question. How many of you wake up, this is mostly adults up here tonight, how many of you wake up every morning when your eyes open, you feel so refreshed and energized and you are ready to jump out of the bed and take on the world? Anybody? Anybody? One person. We need to, we need to have a conversation. I need to know your trick. I go to bed at 8 o'clock, sleep all night, wake up in the morning, tired. I go to bed at 1 in the morning, get up at the same time, tired. Isn't it, it's kind of amazing to me some of the adjustments or some of the ways we've learned to live naturally. That we're not willing to live spiritually. Well, you know, and, and, and again, I, there, there, there's a great, great majority of you here tonight that, it, it, you know, it, Cinderella, if the shoe doesn't fit, don't force it on, okay? But it, it's all got to, everything's got to fit into, God, I'll be involved in the kingdom as long as. I'll be involved in ministry as long as it fits my will. I, I, I hate to tell you, I hate to say it for my own sake. There's not one place from Genesis to Revelation that gives any credence to your will. There's not one place from Genesis to Revelation that gives any value to your will. In fact, it's the complete opposite. You got to give up your will. You got to lay aside. You got to crucify your will. Take up his will. But then also there there is you know, sometimes and and I'm, I know I'm not the best parent in the world. I I try to be a good parent, but I know I'm not the best, but sometimes when, you know, especially when my kids were younger, Sometimes when I instructed them to do something, I cared about the way in which they did it. Boys, take the trash out. Sometimes I cared about how they did that. Most of the time, I cared about one thing, that it got out. If you want to huff and puff and... As long as you're not making a mess and you get it in the can, I just get it in the can. Not always. There, there are some times it's about how you do it. Let me tell you something. God's interested in how we do it. God's not just interested in us doing what we're supposed to do. How are you doing it? Listen to what... Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I want to get some amens there. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, 
with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. This is obviously not really the point here tonight, but but once again, just, just look at that verse for a second. God is interested in every area of your life because in 2021 terminology, that would in essence be employees. Be obedient to your employer, to your boss, to your manager. With fear and trembling and singleness of heart, we, we should be affected in every area of our lives. I, I, I get more and more disturbed. I'm not trying to be unkind, but I get more and more disturbed the stories I hear about the dysfunction of families in the church. Some of that dysfunction in one single home, and then some of that in extended families. Out there, okay. Out there, if families don't want to talk to each other, okay. Out there, if families don't want to be together, okay. They don't know any better. They don't have what you and I have. But here in the church, in the kingdom, I don't get it. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm, I'm just, but my point is, how can you live content with things that are contrary to, oh, well, you can talk in tongues and dance and shout. So what? So what? I was in a situation, there, there's, there's, and I'm going to be as broad and vague as I can be with this, but there's some times in certain circumstances, there, there's some... <laughs> There's some things that, man, they 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 just they mess with me. They they, I, I don't. It's not that they cause me to doubt my faith in God. It's not really that they cause me to doubt what I believe. But they, they just they mess with me. I was in one of those situations not too long ago, and and my wife and I it was just the two of us, and we we got in the car when it was done, and. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be known so well. And you know, it's a bummer to be known so well. <laughs> That's why, you know, why, why are you so quiet? I'm like, what do you mean, why am I? I'm always, you know, I don't talk. No, you're, and she's right. There's quiet, and then there's another kind of quiet. She, we, we got to driving down. You, you, you're, you're agitated, aren't you? Yep, I sure am. Because if we're not careful, somebody hear me, please. This, this is a little bit of a, this is, this is the, uh, what do you call that? Service road. We're going to get back on the highway in just a moment. This is a service road. This is all them people going across the bridge that are driving on our side roads. <laughs> Route 50, three lanes. They're yours. The rest of it's for us people that live right here. Stay off our roads. This has been the literally the worst year ever. You know what I said about those people in Afghanistan? Every time I say something like that, there's precious people in this place tonight that they got to go through that mess on the other side. God bless you. I did it. I've done it. Thankfully, here we go. We did it. Can't. Yeah, here we go. 
Jason, come on, man, you're slack, and they're beating you. They're beating you to it. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Let me let me let me let me let me just say something to you tonight. Now, there may not be anybody here that needs this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. You, you, you got to be careful when you get to looking at Christianity and what you use as the measurements of what's real and not real. Because there's some circumstances you can get into that if you're not really grounded in your faith, you're going to walk away questioning and doubting some things. And, 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 and one thing that the Lord, just in the last couple of days, this other situation that I'm referencing but not trying to give any specifics of, the, the one thing the Lord kind of just, I feel like, dropped into my spirit is, is the problem is, we don't usually measure by fruit. What's the fruit? What's the fruit? Because what's interesting in some of what's promoted in Christianity today, when you start digging down into people's lives, there's no fruit. Oh, they, they go to church faithfully. Worship when they go to church. But there, there, there's no fruit in other areas. There's no fruit in their home, in their family, in their relationships. There, there's no fruit being manifested. We've we, we got to be careful what we measure by. And I, I know, don't, don't judge yourselves by yourselves. Compare. I get all that, but there's another context in which you need to be not judgmental, but you need to be judging. I'm not going to buy everything that's said hook, line, and sinker. I think I referenced this. I think I shared this uh, from the pulpit recently. I've shared it now a couple times in one-on-one conversations, but a very well-known, in fact, I don't know why I won't say the name, so I'll just say the name, Andy Stanley, if you've ever heard of him. Apparently, he's a big, big-time pastor, one of these mega churches, has just apparently just written a book that the essence of the book is an argument that we don't need the Old Testament. We don't even we don't need to worry or focus about the Old Test on the Old Testament. How in the world do you ever come to that conclusion? How do you come to that conclusion when Jesus himself references things in the Old Testament? When the apostles reference things in the Old Testament? Uh, how did I get off on all that? I don't I don't even know. So, listen, listen, verse, verse 6. Back up again. Obedient to them that are masters. Fathers not provoke, provoking your children. Children obeying your parents. And then he says this. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ. Now watch this. Doing the will of God, not out of obligation. Not because it's a burden to bear. Doing the will of God from the heart. 
because it's what I want to do. It's, it's because it's what I desire. And I, as I taught several weeks ago, you can be in the absolute perfect will of God and your life be miserable. <laughs> I, I've said this the last couple of times I've taught on this topic, that the will of God is the best place you could ever be. That doesn't mean it's the most enjoyable place you could ever be. Read some of the places that Paul was in in the perfect will of God and how miserable the circumstances were. Prison, shipwreck. (laughs) But he was in the will of God. And a bad day in the will of God is way better than the best of days outside of the will of God. So it's doing the will of God from the heart, the Amplified says it this way, not in the way of eye service as if they were watching you and only to please men, but as servants or slaves of Christ, doing the will of God heartily and with your whole soul. Shuffle your feet all the way to the trash can if you want. But you shouldn't be doing the will of God like this. That's what I've got to do. No. The bottom line is the will of God shouldn't be what we look at as what we got to do. The will of God should be what we look at as what we get to do. Because there's no better outcome to expect than the one that comes from being in the will of God. John... 5 and 30, Jesus says this, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Whose whose will are you seeking tonight? Whose will are you living for tonight? And the goal, you know, we, we, we hear the word balance a lot. And I think there are some areas that it's okay to try to have balance in. But let me tell you something. When it comes to who's in control of your life, the goal is not balance. You and God, we have, you know, those scales of justice. We've got it equal. No, no. And when it comes to the will of God, the goal is not balance. I've got my will and His will. we got, we got it. No. When it comes to the will of God, the scales ought to be completely tipped. His will. His will. A- again, back to sort of cutting ourselves some slack, if you will. If Jesus struggled with doing the will of the Father. You should not have this expectation on yourself that you're always just going to have this wonderful feeling about doing the will of... No. No. What did he pray in the garden? Father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. If it be possible, don't make me go through this. Nevertheless, what? Not 
my will, but your will. Folks, there, there's, there's, until you die or the rapture takes place, there is going to be conflict between the natural man and the spiritual man. That's another one of those areas the enemy tries so hard to bring condemnation. Well, if you were all that spiritual, you wouldn't be struggling. What, I'm alive. I'm a human being. You don't, you don't have to just be, you know, all just warm fuzzies about the will. Of, you, there may be some conflict because you've got a human nature that still wants to do its thing. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the things that I shouldn't do, I do. And the things I should do, I don't do. Paul, that wasn't a new convert. That wasn't somebody that just got saved. (laughs) That's a guy who's got all kinds of revelations. That's a guy who's writing letters that to this day, so much of what we believe, teach, and preach is based on what Paul says. And Paul says, the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. And the things I should be doing, I don't do. So you and I think there's some way to get to this place in our walk with God that we do everything we're supposed to do and we never do the things we shouldn't do. Doesn't mean we excuse them, doesn't mean we make a cop out for them, but it means we understand the reality of our humanity. I'm not seeking my own will, but the will of the Father which sent. You understand if you are born again, you are a sent person. No, you may not be Jesus Christ, but you are sent. And you ought to be pursuing the will of the one who has sent you. And what his will. We, 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 if we're not careful, I, I, and I, 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 got, I got a boatload of flaws. Not a canoe load, I mean a cargo ship load. So hear me please, I'm not... But, but, but I, I listen and watch sometimes and... and, and, and if we're not careful, it's easy to make assumptions about the will of God for other people. And, and hear me, most of the time when I've watched and observed people doing that, it, it was out of sincere motives. I'm not questioning the motive. But you can't tell somebody the, what the will of God is based on what makes sense or what seems logical. You know what? If I had my way... It would never be the will of God for anybody a part of this congregation to leave. There may be one or two exceptions to that, but it's none of you here tonight. Honestly, it's not. In fact, I don't, I'm just being facetious. I, if you put a gun to my head, I probably would name somebody, but... You know what? You come to me, Pastor. I, I feel like it's. I feel like God's leading me to go to California. No, He's not. I got a twenty-year-old that's thought it's not supposed to be in California. I'm telling you, He's not. That's the will of God. Guess where He is? 
from California. I got all kind of reasons why. I'll just you can I'll just go ahead and keep using. I got all kind of reasons why, brother Barr. From my opinion, it's not the will of God for him to be out there. We 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 got a shortage of drummers. He can play the drums. He plays the keyboard, the organ. All they got they don't need that out there. It'd be very easy. In fact, I'll just be really honest, transparent with you all. He, when he went to CLC two years ago, I was pretty convinced he's going to go out there for two years, get his AA, and he's coming home. That's the will of God. We got out there at his graduation, and he starts talking, and my wife starts talking. I hate when my wife's voice sounds like Jesus. I hate that. I'm just telling you. I don't know how she, so many times, their voices are the same. You know what? She, he, he, he thinks he, no, 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 no. But I, didn't, I just didn't say anything because I've learned, thankfully, there's been a good number of times with major things in my kids' lives, if I've just stayed back and kept my mouth shut, eventually it works out. Not because I'm afraid, not when push comes to shove, if I got it, I'll do it. But you know what? They get there on their own, it's a whole lot easier. In fact, I, you know, okay, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll see. Because I'm thinking it's the will of God. He, he belongs here, that's the will of God. It's definitely the will of the Father, just the Father with a little F, not the big Father. And actually, the... Several months ago, the Sunday night ended up with all the young people and young adults down front. He was riding home with me that night, which is normally not the deal. And we're riding along, and he says, I, I got direction tonight. And in that split second, I'm like, ooh, yeah, you got, uh-huh, all right, go ahead. Uh-huh, I know, you're staying home. And he said, God spoke to me tonight as clearly as he's ever spoken to me. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Come on. What did he say? He said, I'm supposed to go back to college. Ha oh, you missed it. No, that wasn't God. In fact, he said, in uh, Stockton, California, where Christian Life College is, UPC College, Timothy's been attending, there is a secular university. He said, the Lord spoke to me tonight. I'm supposed to go back there and help start a campus ministry. How do you argue with that? <laughs> I still did, but I mean internally. But you, you better be careful when you go telling people the will of God for their lives. Hello. I know there may be a few of you that can't believe that ever happens Keep your head in, your, in the sand on that one. It's okay. Keep, I mean, keep it there. But let me, there's some of you know what I'm talking about. Because some of you have been affected. Or maybe I should say infected. Because somebody knew what the will of God was for you. And it turns out, it, I know we need, we're under authority. And don't, I don't, don't mishear what I'm saying. I'm talking about being the lone ranger. But you got to find out the will of the one that sent you, not my will. You got to make sure you know his will.
Listen, look at what happens to someone who has made up their mind they want to do the will of the Father. Now, I've been going almost an hour, but I only got one shot at you. We're back to classes for the next several weeks, so I, I, you just bear with me, okay? Look at, look at what happens to someone who is sold out to the will of God. Acts 21 and 11. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall be the Jews at Jerusalem, so shall be the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So he's, he's got Paul's girdle, he's bound him, he's wrapped himself up in it, and he's saying, the one that this belongs to, this is what's going to happen to him in Jerusalem. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. When they heard that prophetic word, they begged Paul, please don't go. Don't go, Paul. There's, there's, there's adversity that awaits you in Jerusalem. Stay here. Makes sense, don't you think? Stay here. They begged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? (laughs) For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Wait, wait, Paul, there's no... We need you, Paul. There is no way it's the will of God for you to go to Jerusalem and suffer and possibly be killed. There's no way that's the will of God. Paul says, I'm already committed to it. And he said he would not be persuaded. So we ceased saying... And then we said, the will of the Lord be done. He wouldn't be persuaded, so we did not try to continue persuading him. So at that point, like it or not, agree with it or not, the will of the Lord be done. There's another great example to me from the Apostle Paul. That's when he says, he says, I, 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 I'm going, I think it was to Jerusalem as well, I think. I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what, waits, what awaits me there. Except there's going to be some persecution. There's going to be, but then he said, none of these things move me. Why? Because Paul was sold out to the will of God. We find some of the importance of the will of God in Paul's life and in a couple of places in some of his epistles as he's addressing whether it's a place or an individual. In 1 Corinthians 1.1, he says, I, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. 
2 Corinthians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Ephesians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Colossians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. I'm not doing this because it's what I've pursued. I'm not doing this because it's the title I've given myself. I'm doing it by the will of God. Let me kind of go back for a moment to this idea of you finding the will of God for you. What's the will of God for you? Because what the will of God for you is could very well not seem as glamorous or as great at what the will of God is for somebody else. Who wouldn't want the will of God for Peter to be the will of God for you? Standing up on the day of Pentecost in front of 3,000 people and preaching the first message to the New Testament church and they get filled with the Holy Ghost all in the first day. That's uh, Hey, I'll take that. If you're giving out wills, God, I'll take that will. Who, who's going to volunteer for Stephen's will? Or God's will for Stephen? One message, lose your life over it. Never know the results. Stephen never knew the impact of that message that cost him his life. It wasn't the will of God for Stephen to preach to thousands and them get the Holy Ghost. Neither was it the will of God for Peter to preach to one and lose his life. That's where one of the places we are not supposed to compare ourselves among ourselves or judge ourselves by ourselves. And it's pretty much an impossibility that even with this relatively small group here tonight, there's not at least one person that's currently, all of us probably can say at some point, but there's probably at least one person here tonight that you're struggling because you're comparing God's will for you to somebody else. not your job to do the will of God that's the will of God for somebody. you got to do the will of God for you. If that means you reach 3,000 people, so be it. Praise God. But if that means you never even really see the results of what your ministry is, but you did the will of God, who's the greater success? Success is... It's not the numbers. It's not successes. Did you do the will of God? Did you do the will of God for your life? Listen to this, 1 Peter 4, verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men. But what is he supposed to live to? To the will of God. For the time past of your life may suffice us 
to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. When you were born again, there was supposed to have been a change in your life that you no longer live for yourself, but you live to the will of God. Listen to the way the Message Bible says these verses. You've already put in your time in that God-ignorant way of life, partying night after night, a drunken and profligate life. Now it's time to be done with it for good. Of course, your old friends don't understand why you don't join in with the old gang anymore. But you don't have, but you don't have to give an account to them. They're the ones who will be called on the carpet and before God himself. You, you understand? I know I'm jumping around a little bit here tonight with a few things. But, but you understand part of what Peter's saying here is when you are born again, there ought to be noticeable changes in your life. When you are born again, there should be no... People that you used to do certain things with ought to recognize. You don't do them anymore. Or maybe people... Brother Gus and I were doing Bible study yesterday and he was sharing some stuff about a co-worker and some good things that have been happening with that. And that co-worker pointed out to him, I, I notice you don't cuss. I recognize that you don't... Yeah, because I'm not living according to my will anymore. Not living according to the Gentiles. And, 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 and so Peter says, it, it's no wonder the crowd you used to run with, they, they give you flack. They're not supporters of you. They're not cheering you on. They're ridiculing you. They're criticizing you. Passion Translation says it this way. Since Christ, though innocent, suffered in His flesh for you, now you also must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset. Paul says, endure hardness as a good soldier. A good Soldier. Every now and then we need to remind ourselves of the fact we are we're soldiers. I know there, there's a lot of different analogies that the Word of God uses to describe us. But one of those is we are soldiers. And so sometimes you just got to suck it up and endure some things. We, we, got, we got a few folks here that served our nation in the military. Did you, ever, did you ever go to one of your superior officers and tell them how uncomfortable your bed was and you wanted a new bed? Did you ever go tell them, you know, how, how uh, below expectations the facilities, the bathrooms were, you wanted them to take care of it? Are you kidding? You didn't even open your mouth, did you? No. Why? You were a soldier. You understood that there was 
some suffering that could go. Anybody ever checked into a hotel on vacation and gotten into the room and started looking around? And I don't know when the last time them sheets were changed. I don't know when the last time this bathroom floor was clean. Did you endure hardness as a good soldier? No, what'd you do? March yourself right down to that front desk. You either get up there and clean it right now or give me my money back. In fact, I don't want you to go clean it. I just want my money back. Why? Because you're not there as a soldier. Sometimes you got, I got to remember. We are soldiers. We've got to endure some hardness. He says that be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset. For whoever has died in his body is done with sin. So live the rest of your earthly life, no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed. Consumed. Somebody say consumed. Consumed. Consumed with what brings pleasure to God. Consumed. When you're consumed by something, it's never off of your mind. When you're consumed by something, you you don't get a break from it. It's always there. And so it says here in the Passion Translation, you should be consumed with what pleases God or if I could, what brings pleasure to God. And if I could paraphrase in the context of tonight, you should be consumed with what the will of God is for your life. Consumed. The will of God is not an option of the multiple choice lists of what you're going to do. My will, A, God's will, B, the devil's will, C. No, there ought to be one choice. There ought to be one goal. What is the will of God? Hear me carefully. If you don't hear me carefully, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to twist what I'm saying. There are some things you don't need to pray about. You don't need to pray about it. It's already been spelled out. You don't need to pray about what the will of God is in some situations where God has eternally established. <laughs> Here's my will. There it is. Well, let me pray. You don't need to pray about it. I know we need to pray, and we all need to pray more than we pray. But we also use that as a cop-out. Well, let me, I need to pray about it. Live to the will of God. No longer live according to your fleshly lusts but to the will of God. Let me wrap up with this. It's interesting in all of these weeks of teaching on this, studying about the will of God, there are, I think there are three places that I have found. I'm, there, if there's others, I haven't seen them. So 
don't, if you find some other, in fact, if you find some others, I'd love to hear it. But there's three places with a concordance search that you find the term basically some, of something that is the will of God. In the context of a lot of what I've been teaching over the course of this series, you, you've got to find out what the will of God is. Again, there are some things that are clearly, it is the will of God for husbands to love their wives. That is, don't need, that's one of those things you don't need to pray about. It's the will of God for wives to honor their husbands. It's, that is, that's the will of God. It's the will of God for parents or for children to obey their parents. It's the will of God for fathers to not provoke their children. That's the will of God. There's a lot of areas in which you and I have got to take the principles of the Word of God and applying them to finding the will of God. So I wrap up with these three things. The first one we've already, I think, read this tonight. John six forty, And this is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have ever lasting life and I will raise him up at the last day this is the will of God this is the will of him that sent me it's the will of God that no man perish that's the will of God that's the will of God but God does not enforce his will on our lives Let's be honest. There, there's some. We don't want it. None of us want it on ourselves. None of us want God enforcing His will on us. Well, let's all be honest. There's some people we wish for their good. I mean, for their good. Not being. I don't mean that unkind. I don't mean like so they. I mean for their good. There's probably some spouses here tonight. No, there's probably not any here tonight probably some out there that there's a few things you wish god would enforce his will on your spouse there's probably some parents in here tonight that you wish god would enforce his will on your kids just don't don't enforce it on me god but you can force it on everybody else it's the will of god 1 Thessalonians 4, this, I know most of the people that need to hear this one are downstairs, so maybe they'll listen. This is the will of God. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his veil in sanctification, his vessel in sanctification and honor. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what popular culture says. I don't care what's acceptable in our world today. The will of God is two people that are not married have no business being physically involved with each other. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. I don't, you don't need to pray about that. I don't need to pray about it. It's the will of God. See, that, that, that's part of our struggle, though. We, we want to take things and put them in a different category. Oh, come on, that's just made to be pure and pastor and Sister Angie's horse they like to ride. No, it's the will of God. It's the will of God that if you're not married, you got no business putting your hands on 
a, 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 another person that's not your spouse. That's the will of God. That means every time two people that aren't married get involved physically, they are out of the will of God. And you better hope Jesus don't come at that point if being saved has to do with doing His will. And then the other place I find is first. This, oh, my notes are out of order. Y'all got to hold on. Bear with me. Let me finish this. I got, I got things jumbled up. One more time, the passage translation. Since Christ, though, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for, yet for you, now you also must be prepared, a prepared soldier having the same mindset for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. So live the rest of your life no longer concerned with human desires but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. For you have already spent enough time doing what unbelievers love to do. Living in debauchery, sensuality, partying, drunkenness, wild drinking parties, and the worship of demons. They marvel. They don't understand that you no longer rush to join them in the excess of their corrupt lifestyles. And so they vilify you. They vilify you. Now you become the bad person for doing good. Is that not the world we're living in today? But one day, one day, they will have to give an account to the one who is destined to judge the living and the dead. The Bible says some men's sins go before them to judgment. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing here. You're sending your sins ahead. When you repent, you're dealing with your sins. But some men's sins undealt with, come after them. You've lived that old life enough, it's time to live a new life. Back to the things that say it's the will of God. Last one is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, for this will help you feel better. And everything give thanks because playing Pollyanna game makes you feel. Some of y'all probably had no idea what that is. That was one of that was one of the yeah the glad game. Sorry, the glad game. It was one of the few movies they let us watch sometimes when we were younger. In everything give thanks, not because this is a good way to approach life. Not because this will help you feel better. Because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Did you hear that? It is the will of God for you to give thanks in what? I ain't getting no help in here. In everything in ev- it is the will of God if you're going through something you don't need to pray about what God wants your attitude to be it is the will of God 
It is the will of God. Isn't that amazing? I've never, I know, I've known this verse. I've, I've read this verse. I've quoted this verse. But I've, I've never really quite thought of this. I just always kind of, well, it's a good idea to give thanks and everything. No, it is the will of God. Battling sickness in your body, it is the will of God to give thanks. Going through some financial difficulties, it is the will of God. Got some family situations that aren't going really great, it is the will of God. Now, I used to always point out the fact that here it says, in everything give thanks, that it doesn't say for everything give thanks. But actually, I think there is another verse that tells us to give thanks for everything. I liked it better before I discovered that other verse. Because, I mean, it's one thing to give thanks in everything. It's another thing to give thanks for now, I don't know that that other place says it's the will of God to give thanks for everything. So, I'm trying to give you a little bit of an out there. It is the will of God. The goal is not for me to figure out how to form God into my will. But for me... To be in His will. Father, I, I pray tonight for those present, those that at some point in the future may watch or listen. I pray, God, I hope that over the last several months as I've taught on this topic that there's been a spirit of revelation and understanding that has worked in our hearts and lives. I pray, God, that you would, you would fan the flame of our desire and our passion, God, to do your will, to pursue your will, to seek your will to be done in our lives. In the big decisions that we have to make, in the big direction choices for our life, God, also in the daily practical steps, of our life. Help us to find and do your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray tonight that you would help us to be sensitive to your spirit, to your voice, as you try to lead us and guide us in doing your will. Lord, there's so many voices that are crying out, trying to give us direction. We need to hear your voice. We need to be led by your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen.